once again into the Soccer OG. Hey, it's me, Max Bretos. This is episode 57. As we always like to remind you to rate, review, subscribe, share, download the podcast. Also check out the Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. We have a new video there about the top talents in Major League Soccer you will want to follow. So we appreciate you. We are here in Burbank. You can hear the Santa Ana winds flapping around here because we have a very special four, five-person podcast conversation in the business end. I'm here at the studios of 110 Football. If you haven't heard of it, I'm sure you have if you're in Los Angeles, trying to redo the things in the soccer space, create multi-platforms to serve viewers of this sport. It's very exciting time, and we will talk to Connor Colopsis and Vince LaRosa, Jason Carapes, and Christian Philemon, who are part of the production team and the executive team, and uh, those who can write all this stuff, which makes this very unique. I think you'll really appreciate hearing what they have to say and maybe get inspired on what you have to do if you want to do something like this. As always, we do ask you to uh, chime in here. Leave a review because I've been getting some of them. I'm enjoying reading them. So go ahead and do that. We will uh, have a little opening here and we'll get right into the business end. Also in stoppage time, I will be discussing the move by Jesse Marsh into Leeds United. Why it's going to be very challenging, but it's also uplifting that he gets an opportunity and is still on short lists of clubs all over the top European leagues. Let's go. And we are back. Yes, we're in Burbank here at the sets of 110 Football at XRM Studios, a place that I've started working. I'm very excited about what they are doing and coming up in the business end here shortly. A conversation with all the particulars involved in this studio and what they are doing to illuminate LAFC and illuminate Major League Soccer and illuminate soccer because original programming in this sport is hard to come by. And it requires a lot of resources and funding and the the knowledge that you're going to be losing some of that funding because soccer's not there yet. It's an investment and uh, we appreciate what they are doing and hopefully it's successful and that is a is a result of advertisers and partners and just engagement and if you know if these networks and these channels see engagement they will stick around. It's all happening. This is such an exciting time for the sport. We're hearing that Turner's getting back in to cover the U.S. national teams. You keep in mind with CBS is in soccer and obviously ESPN and Fox Sports. We await the news of the new deal with Major League Soccer, which will go a long way in pushing what has been a great league. They opened this weekend. It was it was really impressive. It's hard to follow the league. There's 28 teams and there's going to be 30. So to be able to watch everything is impossible. You need it's, it's a three or four person job. That's why these recap shows are so important and these reviews and these podcasts that talk about it so that a certain amount of people can flesh through them and give you the important stuff so you don't miss the newsworthy, the great goals, the bloopers, whatever it is in how we cover this sport because it's going to be impossible to cover a 30-team league in a very effective, detailed way. But that's going to fall into the hands of the people that cover the league and that's not a one-person job. So uh, you'll enjoy that. It's coming up in the business end. In stoppage time, we will talk about Jesse Marsh, now officially in charge at Leeds United. Just like in Leipzig, he follows a legend. He's going to have to make the most of it. Uh, it is just, it's wonderful to know that he uh, is on the shortlist because we heard he was on the shortlist at Everton and didn't get the job and go, okay, maybe that's just lip service. It's not. He is on the shortlist. He is a well-regarded manager. If he finds success, and hopefully it's there at Leeds, then uh, it it opens up a, a Pandora's box in U.S. coaching, and Jesse Marsh will be viewed as very favorably in the years ahead. But we'll take it one step at a time, and I'll talk much more about that ahead on in stoppage time. did want to talk about something that we're all feeling right now, and it's the uh, conflict in Ukraine, the uh, invasion of Russia. And, uh, you know, like you, like me, you probably turn on the news hoping for the best, fearing the worst, hoping that you're not seeing a body count and uh, people in Ukraine being displaced. And this is a Russian problem, too. And, you know, there's a, a lot of Russian families that are hearing their sons and daughters aren't coming home because they're involved in this conflict. Nobody wants to hear that in what was a very peaceful situation prior. There is a relationship between Ukraine and Russia. And that's part of the conflict. And it's, it's, it's complex, but it's pretty straightforward. 
what we all agree on, I think hopefully we all agree on, we got to end it. And hopefully peacefully and where it doesn't extrapolate and go in across another border, where that might be into Poland, whether it might be into Western Europe, who knows? Where that might be into the North. It, it needs to be stopped. It needs to be stopped now. Sports is a, is a very small part of everything that's happening, but it can play a role. Uh, we saw a weekend when Manchester City played Everton. They both have a Ukrainian player. You could see the historical significance etched on their faces as they came out and try to compartmentalize everything that's happening because you don't know. They could be losing friends. Their family could be displaced. You name it. You know, I have my neighbors from... Uh, has a Ukrainian family, and uh, they just started a GoFundMe page to try and get them help because they are out of their home. And it's heartbreaking. Sports can cast an eye on things, and everyone's trying to do their part. And look, we're dealing with a, a, really a crazy person in, in, in doing this. And there's lighting a candle or saying, please, no war is not going to change his, his outlook in any way. I would say, but with some of the players, if you haven't seen it, it's on my Twitter page. It's been posted in a lot of places. Uh, Roman Yaramchuk, who's a Ukrainian player, plays for Benfica. It's on the Benfica account. He came into the game. They gave him the captain's armband, and then the crowd just stood on their feet and just were loud in support. The camera goes to Roman Yaramchuk, and his lip is quivering. His eyes are filling up with water. It's, uh, it's a reminder of what we can do to support. But there's other things at play here that... I, you know, in my estimation, I don't want to get too political here, but there's a possibility of, I hope, of ending this conflict by making the Russian public feel like they have to be more vocal and get upset at their leadership for doing such a thing. And you know there's a lot of Russians. We've seen the protests where they don't want this. There's a brotherhood with Ukrainians. They don't want this. But unfortunately, it is Russia, and now Russia is going to get punished. And we talked about sanctions, and they came down hard on Monday. And how much could sanctions do politically? Not as much as you would like, but it's something that has to be taken. But the sports sanctions as well. And to me, when I see FIFA come down and say Russia will not be participating in World Cups, that can make a difference. Because the Russian public want to see their team in a World Cup, and they would have been in qualifying later in March to make it. This is at four years after qualifying for or hosting a World Cup. They want to be there. They don't want to miss a World Cup. Little things like that make a difference. Uh, UEFA um, dropping uh, the Gazprom, the, the big uh, fuel conglomerate there in Russia, and, and taking a hit of money. You know UEFA and FIFA doesn't want to part with a penny. And their greed is beyond belief. We've seen it with so many ways. But if they're returning money, that's progress in some small way. So sports are doing their part. And you hate to punish Russian people, but that's the way it goes. Because you hope you can mount the pressure so that they can come back and say, we, we don't want any part of this. And I don't know what that looks like, but internal pressure is probably much more powerful than external pressure right now with regards to Vladimir Putin. I don't want to talk too much more about it, and, but it's something that we have to deal with every day. And it's affecting all of us. And hopefully there's a peaceful... Uh, ending and a commonsensical ending to all of this. A great week of football. Uh, the MLS weekend was tremendous, as we pointed out. It's a great league, great senior players, great young players out there. Uh, we still have no Lorenzo Insigne or Tiago Almada. Almada should be here soon. It's going to get better. There's some elite teams. Carlos Vela scoring a hat trick. We're all kind of involved with this league, and we want to see it grow. And it was a great opening weekend. The best opening weekend I can remember. Big numbers of the crowds coming out. Atlanta had 60,000. Charlotte FC is going to hit maybe 75,000 when they have their home opener next weekend. It's cool to be part of this league. And I've been around it most of these 27 years. I remember when it started. I remember. And I came on board a couple years later. There was, I I thought it was, when I talked about Lorenzo Insigne, what he was able to do with... uh, Napoli, who are now in first place in the Serie A, scored a goal and assisted on the second. So there's some big happenings in the Serie A. We keep looking for our American players. Serginio Des, what an incredible revelation. We'll talk a little bit more about him in stoppage time as well, where he has become a critical player in Barcelona. Ricardo Pepe starts, doesn't get, uh, comes off late, doesn't get the goal. 
And there's a bit of a situation as we see these World Cup qualifiers come into view. Who is going to score those goals? Or who's going to play number nine for the U.S. men's national team? The goals may come from somewhere else, but someone has to play that role. Whether it's Pepe, maybe Josh Sargent, which I wouldn't hate. Maybe it is Jordan Peefock. But remember that first game at the Azteca? I get the feeling it's going to be a striker who can work hard on the defensive end too, which gives me the feeling that Sargent might be in the mix here. We shall see. Soccer OG podcast. Check out the Soccer OG on YouTube under Max Bretos for my latest video that's up there. Coming up now, the business end, we will talk to the folks at 110 Football Stoppage Time. We will talk about Jesse Marsh. Appreciate all your support and everything that you have uh, been able to do to make this such a fruitful um, undertaking for me. And we'll keep on coming. Got some big guests. And when I've said that before, I've delivered. We'll have some big guests coming your way very, very soon. Let's get going. Well, we got a little bit of quiet here. I can get started with uh, a very special Soccer OG podcast here in beautiful Burbank, Florida. So we'll have some Burbank, Florida. Florida. Did I say Florida? I meant Burbank, California. Should I start you? over or no? No, go with it. Keep it going. I'm getting the nods to keep it going. Beautiful Burbank, California in the uh, studios of XRM, where a, a, a new beginning for soccer content has begun and I'm very thrilled to be part of it. So on Mondays we're here. It started with a, a show about LAFC and it's now emerged. Yeah, you can see that wind, it's brisk, you can feel it. It's now emerged into an MLS show, a World Football show, and an Angel City show, and so much more. So we're gonna talk to the particulars here, who I know pretty well. They're all my friends, but we're gonna act like I'm interviewing them. No, we're friends, we're friends. So this is a very special uh, soccer OG. And uh, right here, uh, could I describe you as a showrunner? Sure, why head not? producer? I don't often run because it hurts my, my ankles. <laughs> I never understood that because showrunner made it sound like someone who you give they get the lunch orders in. That, that's not accurate. Showrunner is much more responsibility. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a lot of things you have to take on board. And uh, it's it goes from actually being creative to having to hire people to discussing how much they make to how much how many pieces of paper we can we can you know this is this is card stock yes and uh how much are people making so there's some like, people here like vince la rosa who's just cleaning you out no vince doesn't make any money okay all right we, we, we pay him in uh in, in uh in crackers i have a senior day rate so you know it gets a little gets a little hairy from time to time like AARP? Yeah, exactly. When you get older, you make more coin. Mm. That's how it's supposed to work. Even us. Uh, so, uh, Jason Carapesi, and you worked at ESPN, and you worked at Fox like me. Yep. So you have a uh, national background, which is pretty valuable in this space, no? Well, not only that, but I've lived in the same places you've lived. I went to school in Miami. You're from there. Boo! Let's go Canes. Miami's good, not the University of Canes. Uh, and I grew up in Connecticut, went, uh, did a year and a half at ESPN. Right out of college, they came out here to LA, worked at Fox Sports for eight years, worked on World Cups and all kinds of other. That's where I met you. I got yeah. to, I got in the door for a couple games and then quickly out the door for some reason. So that's a different story. Those are the old Fox Soccer Channel days, though. No, this was when I did some League MX there. Well, that's when you and I got together. That's when I got to meet you, really. Sure. But and you I remember there beforehand. I remember I walked in and you were watching the New York Islanders play the Pittsburgh Penguins. I go, this guy's a jerk. What's he watching ice hockey for? Because it's the best sport not named soccer. <laughs> That's why. Yes, I don't know about that. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of petering out at this point as a sport. I disagree. It might be off the face of what, the what, earth. What, what the is the last years. media deal say anything about that? It says uh, I'm wrong. It does. Well, look, they're paying. Next, next point. Next question. <laughs> MLS might be a billion dollar contract before too long, and that God would be willing. a big. I hope so. So what is it? this? Is uh, I, I would say this about soccer and it's a, still a growth sport major league soccer in particular and their clubs looking to get bigger footing there's not a lot of outlets out there to give fans a voice or to have a place where you can discuss what happened and uh, 110 is starting to fill that we just done some of these shows specifically mm -hmm. about LAFC 360 where fans get involved we can talk about it and once the game begins or ends there's still a conversation like any other sport right it goes into Monday Tuesday Monday morning quarterback so to speak where you talk about this that is uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna take a while before that gets into the bloodstream. But someone's got to start it, and it seems like one tens at the front of the list. We we saw a vacuum, my friend. And if 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 anybody knows that soccer doesn't stop, it's my wife because I'm always watching it. 
Are you still working? Yeah, I'm still working. This is you're watching the Dutch. I'm like, that's right. I'm we, the same We've got way. a world game coming, a world show coming up called Football Without Borders on March 17th, every Thursday. You know, we've got an Angel City show, like you said, called Angels Wear Boots, coming out on March 17th. The two Monday shows you've already mentioned, LASC 360 and the Expansion Mansion, which is our MLS um, product. People want to talk about the game, and not everybody feels like they're getting what they want out of the traditional shows, out of the traditional big, you know, Big Fox or FS1. or Right. Or, and a lot of times, in defense of them, they got to get off the air pretty quick. They do. they got to get to other things. Not only that. I remember that, experience that. And we've both worked in that in that space, and we know why. The other big thing, though, is rights holders. When you are a rights holder to a league or a competition, there are certain lines you cannot go past. And some of them seem silly, and some of them make a lot of sense. And we are allowed to say kind of what we want um, to, obviously, a degree. And we don't, we don't go crazy. But we can say a little bit more than what the uh, average fan gets out of your typical host uh, or typical pundit on on soccer channels, so we try to uh, give the the fans something different, something with a little edge, silly, and uh, interactive. Because if people want to be part of the conversation, we want to allow them to be part of the conversation uh, boldly, and so that's what we do. I've done it on, on YouTube, and people are having a lot of success on there. And I look at a lot of companies, media companies that aren't rights holders, and they're having success with bringing shows that people can watch in around live sports. Live sports is king. So you're mm-hmm. going to turn into Fox and ESPN and CBS because they have the live sports and they pay top dollar for it. So they they have earned your eyeballs. There is some flexibility, I believe, in what happens before and after where you can, and maybe even in between, which is a much smaller piece of real estate, to where you can talk about sports. And I am confident that I will say this: the the national broadcasters have to be on their toes because uh, the audiences will be will have a choice, and they can select where they want to tune this in. And being able to get involved in the conversation is a big part of that. Talking about the topics you want to talk about without many limitations, which you just touched on. This is a, it's an exciting time. I mean, it's it, there's a big pie, and everyone's getting a little smaller piece What's of it. What's your favorite kind of pie? You huckleberry kind of guy? Uh, I've never had a huckleberry pie. Mm. I always like pecan pies or pecan or whatever you call are it. Are you pandering to our, our southern audience? Because I wouldn't. That's right. Pie. Pecans are great, but I don't eat a lot of pie. <laughs> Your shirt says otherwise. Oh, brother. <laughs> a nice custard something with oh, some yeah. cream. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Know? Sorry, I took you off your I would like coconut cream, but I don't like coconuts. But you know what I mean? It's like this is <laughs> it's a problem with coconut cream. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. And I see people, it's still it, it, it's still in an embryonic stage where we know what to talk about. But what are things that, that you think will resonate and, uh, and talk? I think to a degree being open about almost anything <clears throat> and being critis- criticism will have to come into view where maybe other people can't do it. But there's things that... Uh, a whole world of possibilities with what you can talk about the sport. Be real. More than anything, just continue the conversation for as long as you can. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. I mean, you, you touch on that the networks have and they've earned the right to have you know a pregame show and a postgame show that you, that you want to watch. Look at the NFL, though. How long has there been a pregame show on CBS and Fox, but also ESPN, who's, who doesn't have games on? But they still wanted a piece of that pie. Right. They do pay for some highlight rights, well, they, which is they, part of their TV. They, they, yeah, they, they well, they have Monday Night Football, yeah. and so they they are a rights holder, so they can show you know B-roll to use a jargony term. But they weren't leading into a game, and they still wanted a preview show to to go up against the Fox and CBS shows. We're not saying we want to go up against anybody per se, but we feel that those other shows may not be doing something that viewers and soccer fans want to talk about. And so we're going to fill in the gaps. Why do you think MLS will, will succeed? And we know this is going to be a long haul. It's, uh, I love the league. It's growing. It may not be growing as fast as everyone would like. Uh, I think shows like this help garner new audiences. But uh, how do you see the timetable for that? It's still... All this helps. but The timetable for The timetable for people talking about MLS on a regular basis. Well, they, say they talk about other sports, uh, like your beloved well, ice hockey. Well, to your point, uh, MLS has uh, now outperformed hockey as the fourth most um, talked about sport in this country. That's because the Islanders are having a bad season, I hear, right? 
Hey, there are no New York Rangers who oh, are boy. one of the best That's teams in the league, team. and we can talk about that all day long. And I have Christian Philemon over here, who's a big Islander fan. So I'm sorry Look to lose you on this ice hockey mumbo jumbo. No, but no. So, so MLS, MLS is growing. MLS is growing. We we jokingly call our MLS show the Expansion Mansion because the, the damn league keeps expanding by teams every year. It seems like, and it takes a lot of money to get into the league, hence the name. But that's a good thing at the end of the day. And the rules kind of keep sliding around, so now you can spend a little bit more money, and the salary cap goes up, and eventually, like, DPs probably won't even be a thing in five to seven years, because they'll be like, ah, oh, screw it, Let's just go ahead and pay whatever you want to pay. And it's going to get to a point where you can't avoid it. And it's been a slow, steady rise for the first maybe 10, 15 years of the league, but it's been somewhat meteoric over the last 10. Yeah, I felt it this year, too, and... We're gonna have we're gonna start taping the show here, and it's about things that you're excited about Major League Soccer. And there's obviously um, the new teams, fans are coming out, the quality's better, the young players developing is huge because mm-hmm. that's become something that people tune in for, that plays into the national team. And seeing Ricardo Pepe, and now seeing a guy who's on the national team, or if you're Canadian, I know I, I have uh, our loyal Canadian listeners, and I appreciate you guys. We'll never leave you out of this conversation. Alfonso Davies playing at the Whitecaps and now playing at Bayern Munich and playing for your national team. That pipeline Jonathan is David, something Kyle new. Laren. Yeah, but I mean, there's new. I was I was taken this weekend by Major League Soccer. There's so many good young players that uh, that actually did a really good job. I blocked the wind with my hands. Oh wow! It went away. You're like you're like Captain America or something. Yeah, you have that. But then we also have the old part. Oh, now that wind's pretty strong. I wanted to do outside. To give Al, people. This is the podcast Alfresco. Alfresco. Like Very it. nice. I should change the name. <laughs> but you also have these big stars that are coming over and this incredible contract given to Lorenzo Insigne, who doesn't come till the summer, but is lights out for Napoli, who are in first place in the Serie A. And these guys keep coming, and the young South American players and the young American players, there's layer after layer after layer of compelling storylines. I felt it more this year coming in. It's always grown, but this year I, I, I feel as confident as ever that we're at the right place. It's a teeter now because it used to be like, oh, if you wanted to watch the league, or I'm sorry, I, I, let me backtrack. For those who felt like they were interested in the league, they were watching because of the aging stars that came from Europe. Yeah. Even uh, Don Garber kind of pushed back and said, we're not a retirement league. When he heard, who was it? Oh, uh, Who said he wanted to come here? Neymar. Neymar wanted to come here yeah. and say, oh yeah, I like it because I get it three months off. I go, uh-uh, wrong answer. No. Well, that's changing, too, because maybe that was the case, like, 10 years ago. Even when Beckham came in as, like, the, the biggest name that the, the, the um, league has really ever seen, uh, it, it was sort of like that. But now we're at the point where it's like, yeah, Gonzalo Higuain is puffing cigarettes down in Fort Lauderdale, but you have guys like <laughs> Ricardo Pepe and, and Brian Rodriguez and Tag Almada. And you're, you're even now with the amount of, like, older guys that you watched in Europe versus these young Stars coming out of South America, Central America, um, even America and Canada, and it's a good balance now. And you have obviously the the savvy Dax McCarty's of the world who are who are out there, you know. But I think it's a lovely balance, and we're going to slowly start to see with all these transfer fees that are proving this is a roadmap. This isn't the highway to hell. This is the highway to something that rhymes with hell that isn't. I like the highway to hell. You know why? Because Bond song Bond Scott said it perfectly. I know my friends will be there too. That's where I want to go, right? I want to be with my friends, even mm-hmm. if they got a good table in hell. <laughs> I didn't deserve to be here, but if that's where you guys are going to have dinner, I should join you. So I'll get the highway. I'll leave it with this because I know you're very, a bad place to be. I like a song. Big, uh, your your big offspring fan. You were talking. <laughs> Sorry, that's an inside. They're an enjoyable band. Conference. Yeah, I'm not going to bad mouth offspring. Is this league? I, this we talk about the expansion. Was it 28 teams? 28 now, yeah. It's impossible to follow because I tried, and you can't because the games over a weekend are so thick. 14 games. That's it's hard. Premier to League follow, doesn't man. have that. Yeah. Bundesliga, no one has, and it's going to be 30 here before too long. God willing, a team in Las Vegas, which we're all going to enjoy at some point. Uh, that's important. What would their name be? I've heard some strange ones. I like. Was it like Las Vegas slots? I'm like, <laughs> go slot yourself. Uh, so, um, aces, kind of very gambling oriented. AFC Kino. <laughs> the Las Vegas uh, get a good deal at O'Shea's. <laughs> like Golden that. Nugget FC. But this thing's too—is it? It's too big. I mean, they—they they always talk about promotion and relegation. I'm gonna—it's not gonna happen. I don't want to see it. But this is a big. You want to see juicy. it? I think if they get to 40 teams, they say. Yeah, All if right, they get to 40 teams, you have no choice. The the, the, the worst 20 teams dropped onto MLS two. And we start pro rel. Explain that to the owners. They'll be like, "What?" Well, 
Maybe one day. Maybe, maybe many, maybe, many years in the future. We maybe by then the league is at to a point that it can handle it. Okay. Jason Carapesi, I don't want to take you too long because you have a show to produce. I do. All right, but I'm going to have to take, need, borrow this chair here very quickly. Unless you want to go a little longer. Is there anything you want to talk about? Do you want to talk oh, about your man. hit uh, um, podcast about your your re- legit favorite band? Oh, we're plugging Pearl my, Jam? Actual, my actual podcast? Yeah, why not? Sure, why not? You showed me how to do this. That's I true. Be, you showed me how to. That's true. I taught Max everything he knows about podcast producing, unless it's terrible, yeah. which case I didn't. Uh, I actually do have a podcast. If you are a Pearl Jam fan, I know this is really niche, but if you're a Pearl Jam fan, <laughs> he's laughing. He's laughing. <laughs> I was blowing my nose. But laugh. it's fantastic. State of love and trust. Check us out. Don't call me doo doo up at all. I don't even know the lyrics. Philly, Philly enjoys it. Philly. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Jason. Okay, bye. Bye. Good talk. See you out there. <laughs> Vince LaRosa. I think people who know me know about Vince because we do uh, the LAFC podcast. I mean, before we get really deep into it, I have a music podcast, too. It's uh, It covers the band Dexy's Midnight Runners. <laughs> Greatest I, one-hit wonder of all time. Uh, not a one-hit wonder. They had, like, three big hits. What's the other ones? Well, they did a remake of uh, Van Morrison's. But that doesn't count. It's a remake. Um... Shoot, I have to pull this up. I actually saw a mini documentary about the lead singer who's of Dexy's Midnight Runners. I think I remember you actually telling me about this. It was Dexie's pretty good. Midnight Runners has always been a um, a little bit of a punchline for me. I will say, though, that the, that one song that is their one-hit wonder, Come On Eileen, is is Jackie greatest. Wilson said is the one that they took from. Okay. Uh, and then there's a song Jackie called Wilson. Gino, which I'm not a big fan, but that was their big hit before. Okay. Uh, 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 Come On Eileen. I use it as a punchline, but I, I legitimately believe, and I will take this to my grave, Come On Eileen is the greatest one-hit wonder of all time. I, I love that song. It is a great jam. Poor old Johnny Ray. Yeah. And the sl- they slow down and bring it back up. Oh. Kevin Rowland. He's got a beautiful voice. Okay. And that's it. I got to watch it. Yeah, check it out. Okay. I do, I do love those kind of. It's a little, tra- it's a little, not tragic. That's too strong. But you see these bands that they had to go through that, and I can't even imagine being a well, band where do- people go, "Could you play uh, Come On Eileen again?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're famous where they're from. Yes. Right? But, you know, America's are from, so Are they from Birmingham? America's so fickle. Yeah. So, uh... What do you want to talk about? Yeah, well, uh, let's talk about footy. Okay. Lifelong footy fan. Big Juventus, City A, and, uh... I have the World Cup tattooed on my arm, which you some, got a lot of... some would say is what got me my initial job at LAFC. But you Although were... Bob Bradley didn't care for a bunch. About your tattoos? Yeah. <laughs> But that was something you wanted to do, right? That was, uh, it's just like, I was in music, and I go, I want football. Like, you're like all of us. We're consumed by it. We could watch it all day. Yeah. We can't, obviously, especially with these 28 teams in MLS. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's, you know, it's I, a passion beyond words. Yeah. You know, it was, tough, it was tough for me growing up, and I tell this to a lot of people, especially now, because people are like, oh, soccer's getting really popular, or soccer's really hip. And I'm like, soccer's always been hip. Yeah. Like, when I played soccer, I still loved music, and I loved that everyone I played soccer with, we all felt a little bit like outcasts, so we all kind of listened to maybe, like, punk music or, like, kind of fringe music compared to what the, the football team was listening to, the, you know, the American football team. Um, but soccer's always been hip. We had the coolest hair, like, the coolest uniform. Fashion, yeah. The shoes are always, like, you know, a big deal. Like, just now, NFL players are now wearing, like, different shoes, and it's like, dude, we've been doing that for yeah. Well, let me ask you this, because it is the coolest sport, and I say that. I'm not saying I'm the coolest person in the world. I like to think I'm in the top 30% of cool you people on this of, planet. I'll say this. You know a lot about cool things. Yes. sometimes makes you cool. I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't cool, but I'm, I'm definitely in the top 30%. I think even higher, but I'll say safely top 30%. And that's we what makes you cool is by not claiming that yeah. you're the coolest. <laughs> top 1%, man. So I've lived a good life. I've lived a good life, which will put me in the higher percentile. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't present it in a cool way. Not here. Not here. But everywhere else does. We don't. We kind of glo- geek it out. Yeah, and man. You see the glossy, like, 442 magazines and everything that they have acro- across the pond, and it's like, they're in- but the thing is, people want it. And that's why I think you're talking with us about 110 football is, like, these conversations are going on. People are talking about wanting cool merch, cool T-shirts, cool everything around the sport that they love. It's just to the point that you had with Jason's, like, the major broadcasters haven't embraced it quite with the money yet to where like it's ready it's primed to explode and we have this everyone keeps saying this little four year run up to the 2026 World Cup if it's not now I don't know when it's ever going to happen it'll always be around though that's that's the thing like it'll always be hip in deep dark places which is where you and I like to hang out 
Yeah, I think some of the one thing that I've seen is just these uh, these young American players are cool, and then kids are going to be like, I want to be like Weston McKinney. Weston McKinney's the coolest. Christian Pulisic's pretty cool. I mean, to live in, yeah. to play for Chelsea and live in London and have these fancy cars. I can't imagine if you're a top athlete and you're thinking of a sport, you don't see Christian Pulisic's life going. Wow, he's a huge earner, mm-hmm. makes a ton, mm-hmm. and to see him living that life, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Travels the world. Will finish playing the sport and you know not have his head smashed in like an NFL football player like Weston McKinney. Look, Gigi Buffon's nickname for Weston McKinney was Big Mac. I mean, Gigi <laughs> Buffon's one of the coolest guys in the world, and he has this twenty-something kid. He does probably love McDonald's. He loves a good heater or two too. Yeah, everyone in Europe loves McDonald's and KFC. They love Budweiser. Too. They love Budweiser. I don't understand. Well, uh, Steve pour- Nickel, that's all he would drink. Yeah. We, we, I'd have a drink. Steve goes, Budweiser goes. Steve, you, you're from Scotland, the finest ales and lagers in the world. Budweiser. Budweiser. Yeah, we pour it down the drain and they drink it like liquid gold. Yes. If Budweiser wants to advertise here, I wouldn't throw it down the drain. But, you know, uh, I, fun story. Uh, when I played in a band, we were actually uh, sponsored by the local Budweiser. And we went on a pub crawl with them. And I remember uh, our manager going, you know, the, the uh, head of the regional Budweiser is going to be here with us in this. They, we were in the Budweiser tour bus and we're going bar to bar. And he goes, they go, just have fun with it. Talk to them, whatever, you know, be, be yourselves. And uh, I was more than myself. I woke up the next day not rem- remembering much. Uh, and, I, and somebody goes, you know, you kissed on the cheek the regional. You grabbed him and said, you love, I love you so much. And you kissed him on the cheek. I go, oh, my God. Very I'm Italian so, thing to do for I'm another so man. I'm so sorry. And they go, no, he loved it. Yeah. So was he Italian? I don't know. I don't. I don't remember much. Yeah. Some can relate. You know, male kiss kisses on the cheek. Very normal. Argentina. I did it a lot. I enjoy it. But in the United States, you can't really do it. Yeah, I'm a hugger. Yeah, but you know what? It was around the time. Remember, remember when the Strokes Two first kisses. came out and they'd always like hug and kiss each other. It was like that's kind of weird. Just a bunch of guys in a band hugging and kissing each other. I'm like, eh, that's no, your that's brothers. your band, huh? That's your Strokes. I like the Strokes. They're not my band. Yeah. Getting back to this, Zach Steffen's very cool. He strikes me as cool. Playing for Man City with the best players in the world. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, we I don't know how to do it, but I mean, it's obviously fashion's a big part of it, but uh, aligning with it. I know the national broadcasters are, are, are hand tied because they they're gonna they got to give you the game and they do it. But, I mean, I see the, the rollouts for some of the big competitions, and there's so much left um, on the table they could. Making it cool to me is at the top of this list. Yeah, you, the, the big broadcasters do great X's and O's, right? But we know, and you and I know, that there's so much left on the table from lifestyle content, culture content, just knowing the guys, right? Like, we, we have been lucky enough to hang out with this LAFC team and got to know a lot of these guys and realize that, like, people want to know things about them. They want to know like what their favorite brand is. They want to know what kind of food they like to eat. Yes. And these guys are willing to talk about it, but they haven't been conditioned with it from the major networks yet, so they're a little shy at first, but once you get them going, they start yeah. talking about it. And we're lucky this year that we have a lot of guys like a Kellen Acosta, a Maxime Cropo that are actually they're willing to just go all in. And I think as more guys see that that is what will make them not just their play on the field, but as they talk and become personalities and open up, I think that will be that much better for our game cuz Remember in Europe, they still don't get to get in the locker rooms. They just have the mix zone. We yeah. have we have that definite advantage over European football. We may not have the best footballers, but the fact that we have access to them is a huge advantage that we need to strike while Aaron's hot. Because next thing you know, they will be closing the dressing rooms and we can't get right. in there. And it, we have that access, but we, we have to fight for it a lot. And we, we love the American way and whether it's it's very transparent into that. But look, that's what people click on. We they look. Our conversation's great here, and people will listen to it. But people want to hear about these players. They mm-hmm. want to hear what's important to them, what what rocks their boat, uh, what they do, what they dress, what they whatever. And, uh, and just a one thing that really hit me with that is NBA players kind of wearing the jerseys and so yep. forth because they're like, man, these guys are these guys are pretty. They're cooler than us. Well, and the, the NBA is the coolest league. Yeah, think how the NBA grew though. We got to learn a lot about these guys. Guys putting out playlists, like what their favorite albums are. I mean. We did. I did the thing with Steve Trundolo, and he said Pennywise was his first concert. The amount of people that found me at Bank California Stadium were like, that was pretty cool. Pennywise? Like, I, I can't even believe that about Steve. And then they took extra pride because it's a band that they like. You like to like the things that your favorite people like. But we'll never know if we don't talk about it. So we need to keep bringing those things up, bringing up those questions. We all have things that we love, and we can we can really share that. And I... I wholeheartedly believe that that's the next step for this league is to get to know all these guys. Do you, can you imagine Steve Cherundolo in the pit singing F Authority to Pennywise? Kinda. Yeah. You know who I less so I can imagine is John Thornton in the yeah. pit for the Misfits, but right. supposedly he was there. Well, I, I live in Redondo Beach. You're in Long Beach, which is 
very close, mm-hmm. and the South Bay was where that all that punk music started. Hotbed for California. Pennywise, uh, not Misfits. They were from New Jersey. Best band yeah. in New Jersey. Don't tell that to Bob Bradley because he would uh, blow a gasket. But in my estimation, slightly above. Bruce Springsteen, yeah. fairly above Bon Jovi. Uh, Pennywise, Black Flag kind of calls this a second Black home. Flag, uh, Circle Jerks. Circle Jerks. Uh, adolescents are from around here. It's I can't believe it because South Bay, you think of kind of uppity. Yeah, I mean, Germs are an L.A. band. South Bay, But South Bay was where it started and then kind of matriculated back into L.A. proper because for a while there was the hair bands and they would uh, they'd, they'd fight you. If you that was Hollywood, man. Don't yeah. come down to South Bay yeah. bringing you that. You come by the Whiskey A Go Go, you're going down, brother. You better listen to some... Uh, I can't I'm, even think of anything. I'm right. Blackie Lawless with Wasp, but I'll kick your ass. <laughs> of course, Philly loves Wasp. Striper. That's not. That's a bad example. I actually, uh, when Crew. I played in a band new, uh, and he's in a documentary, Chris Holmes from Wasp, who guitar player, um, and I think the documentary is like the meanest man in the world because he was known as a super badass, but actually very sweet guy. The documentary shows that, and I was glad to see that. What excites you about covering uh, this league, Major League Soccer? And again, we the, the the beyond that, the covering all the sports. And it's good to see CBS get involved. They have the Serie A Champions League. They're spending money trying to really present it. I think we'll all discover it's an uphill battle. But some, at some moment, it's going to break through. And uh, having uh, things at your fingertips, like showing games on CBS proper, which, you know, people, fans of the Young of the Restless and uh, Price is Right or whatever's on there are going to be upset because I'm they can't. Price is Right fan. But... What excites you about uh, covering the sport? Let's let's focus on it, MLS. Yeah, you know what? For me, it, it's the fact of being some part of something on the ground floor, and we can grow with this together. Because, like I keep saying, the European game is is learning some stuff from us, um, and they're having some growing pains with it. Whereas we're trying all this stuff out for the first time, and we're getting to see the fruits of it. And and I know a lot of people want this to be that number one league right away, but let's grow together, man. Yeah. Let's see what let's see what's unique about be it. Patient. Let's, let's be patient. Um, because I do think it's going in the right sense. Not everything that they do is perfect, um, but it definitely has gone in the right direction, um, and we're we're getting to be along for the ride, and that's really cool. We just had a real Santa Ana wind, and again, I did. I, I, we could have done it inside. I want to do outside so you can kind of get some flavor. But I know you're hitting this wind very hard, and I, I, uh, I apologize about that. Keter Pessy took up so much time. Keter Pessy, yeah, That's, I know. I, I feel like I want to go short because I want to get Connor on here. Okay, do you want, well, we'll do it. I'm going to have a fun just with you and me because okay. I want to just talk about, this is specific about 110 football and what we're doing there, but, you know, just talk about what happened this weekend. Do you want to talk something to, well, Jesse Marsh. I literally just I'm tweeted. Gonna, I talk about that, I'm going to talk about that later. While you were doing it, I was tweeting, I think I might have found my EPL team because I love Jesse Marsh. And the fact that he's he's moved on, you know, somebody pointed out uh, the connections between uh, the American managers and those that are now have coached uh, an EPL team. Do you know what it is? What? Chivas USA. Yeah, so Bob Isn't Bradley. Cool we, like you and I know about. What that. about uh, uh, Marat Pellegrino Matarazzo or Matarazzo Pellegrino? I mean, he's he's a big name, but, but not a Chivas USA not connection. Not a Chivas USA connection. Or maybe he uh, does have one. We don't know. This is one thing about Jesse that worries me, is that he. He replaced Nagelsmann, who did an incredible job for Leipzig. Two icon- He's replacing two iconic, oh, larger man. than coaches. And the, the Marcelo Bielsa, and I'll talk about it a little bit more later, the Leeds United fans are not on board with this. Even though they're struggling, they're in 16th place, that was their guy. Yeah, but I think they're really going to love. Jesse's the type that will embrace that city and those people fully. I, I, I do think there's, there's something endearing, though, with the fact that, like you said, they're in 16th, they don't want to go down, but they still remember what he did for them. American soccer fans would already be crucifying this guy, right? But they're like, no, we, we love you. Bring it. I saw the guy that uh, I guess used to bring him tea uh, from Argentina every week or so and would put it on his flight. He said, Marcelo called him personally to say, hey, I just want to, I just want to meet with you, say goodbye. And like, that's, that's incredible. Those type of stories are incredible. I think Jesse's going to be incredible in that way. And so, yeah, MLS, man, we're, we're going to have touched points all around the global game, and that's important. We are growing it together, and it's important that we get to experience that together. So I it's okay to go a little slow. That was you banging your finger on the table. No, it came in pretty, you could hear it very hard. Uh, all right, yeah, well, let's get. Wait, Philly, you want to. Uh, quick, quick, quick word, Philly, quick. I, I want it, Connor, but I want to have a quick word with Christian Philly Mom because you're a big part of uh, getting uh, MASL coverage on my podcast. I had. Uh, I had. All right. Um, be quick, very, very quick. Just a couple minutes. Hey, because I'm going to get Shep on the show now. Oh, I might cool, get very it in a couple cool. weeks. But that was your handiwork. How so? Because uh, we all got connected with uh, um, JP, the yep, camera, who has right. been on the show, and then you, and then now we had this. And you're covering the Ontario Fury. 
Yeah, I mean, more than just covering it. I mean, I, I run their official podcast with my wife. With all the whole league? Yeah, well, not yet, but I do that. And then I'm the play-by-play guy for the Ontario Fury. And Jonathan Reimer of Shoulder to Shoulder fame is my, my color guy. Panda's our sideline reporter. So we got involved in it in a very interesting way. Uh, tied to LAFC, there was Adrian Perez. Adrian Perez was was, was a dynamo wow, at, at, in, the, in the MASL. And so wanting to understand what, what the Ontario Fury is, what the indoor game is, we headed out to Toyota Arena. Also kind of want to see Jermaine Jones. Let me throw that out there as well. He played there for a cup <laughs> of coffee. But I loved it. I fell in love with the game. I wanted more content, and they weren't producing any. So I volunteered to start producing some myself. Six weeks into us starting their podcast, Striking Fury, the team approached us and asked if we'd be interested in being part of their broadcast team. I gave them the caveat that, look, I've never done this before, but I'll work my tail off. And then I'm a year and change into this, and I've not only done Ontario Fury games, but I've called the, the league championship last year between Ontario and San Diego. It's been a fun ride. And this is what's interesting, because I know some people that are starting out in this business, and they're going to get discouraged because the works, there's not a lot of money in a lot of these things, and there is work, but you got to find, you got to be creative. And that's what you did. And now you're also here doing 110 football. So, I mean, you've been at this a while. I remember when I talked to you about it, you're like, I'd love to do what, like, you look at barstool sports. Started yeah. from nothing, and now they have these huge platforms. Whether you agree with them or not, they're huge platforms. They've created shows. There's money coming in. There's advertisers that are engaged, and they have been a tremendous success. And people tune to those barstool shows as opposed to tuning into an NBA pregame. Uh, the uh, proliferation of the gambling is a yeah. huge part of it. So, I mean, just someone in your shoes trying to find it and now finding some footing. And, you know, that all makes a big difference, right? Just to be, I, I, I went through this myself, to be connected to something, which are in MASL or here at 110. I mean, it's been a fantastic ride. Like, when I went to college, like, I originally wanted to major in broadcast journalism. That's literally what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster, like yourself. That's the only thing I wanted to do, other than being a rock band, which I did squeeze out a meager existence for several years doing that on the road. I had better stories than I uh, had, you know, money in my pocket. But my first job in college, I was making sandwiches. The guy I was working with was a old Navy dude who said, son, unless you're a former pro athlete or a human being that's easy on the eyes, you'll never make it in this biz. Yeah. And I took that to heart as an impressionable 17-year-old. So I did a sensible thing, majored in business. And I've been in the finance world for the last 15 years. And for the last 15 years, I've hated every single moment of it. And so... But it served you right, because you see the business side of it. Sure, I've seen which that. Which is, dog, we think the sports world's dog-eat-dog, dog, but the business world's another level. There's that element, and obviously, like, I've learned how to talk to people with pretty deep pockets. Like, I... Never understood how intimidating it could be to approach and speak to a billionaire. I, I never realized it until I actually started doing it. Now I feel comfortable talking to anybody. I don't really care anymore. People are people within their own rights. And so off your barstool sports thing was hilarious. My wife and I were coming back from our honeymoon. I uh, came across a Barstool article, and I'm just like, how the hell did these guys blow up so quickly? I read about Portnoy. I read about a dude who, uh, you know, was a big tenor at Michigan. I went to Indiana. And I've seen the life he's leading. I'm like, I want to do that. Like, screw this. I want to do that. I tried my own little variation of it called Couch Potato Jocks. Uh, I realized that a one-man operation trying to run all these sports wasn't very easy. And so I kind of shelved it for a bit until LAFC's inaugural season. So I do this podcast with my buddy JR, the Scarf Liebert, and we met at Bank of California Stadium. He sits three rows in front of me uh, in Founders Club. And back in those days, when Tyler Miller would make a great save, I'd yell Tyler, he'd yell Miller. And one weird day, I don't even remember who they were playing, but at one point, it hit the post. The opposing team hit the post. Tyler didn't make the save. And I'm like, goal! And JR went, post! All of a sudden, <laughs> I'm like, lightning struck. I caught it in a bottle. I talked to him, like, why don't we do a podcast? Let's do an LAFC show. And here we are, several years later, 181 episodes in. You know, it's, it's led me to 110. It's led me to a broadcasting career, which I've literally created my own internship that's starting to pay off. So it's been a grind, but I love every minute of it. It's all about collaboration. It goes a long way. Absolutely. Right. Well, you have a good show, man. We'll talk again yeah. soon, and I'll let you know how the shit messing thing goes. One more thing I just wanted to add there. The craziest thing to me, honestly, I'm looking at you right now. <laughs> I remember the first day I met oh, you boy. at Bank of California Stadium after the Seattle Sounders game after the Simon goal. I yelled, Max Bredos, and you're like, no. And then you turn around and like, yes. I was like, can I take a photo with you, I man? I said I wasn't Max Bredos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You turn your head, no, and that's, I'm like, I'm going to like this. It was a joke. Set. It was a joke. No, I know it was. Obviously, we became You got friends. the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's, there's a clone. It's like, it's like evil rich. Evil, I get that all Max. the time. And so, you know, I was looking at you from a point of admiration because obviously I knew of you and your accolades and like here I am doing a podcast with you and about to do a show. I, I think it's kind of cool, man. So it's I think it's, it's kind of cool as well. <laughs> All right. And we shall continue. Absolutely. All right. This is amazing. This is the first time I've had four people on. What's going on? Uh, That's us. Yeah. Right into it? We're in it. 
I just got an offer for 75 euros for a uh, Raheem Edwards NFT. <laughs> not, I, you I'm own a that. Raheem Edwards NFT? I bought it for like $15. I make $50 profit off of a Raheem Edwards NFT. Why do you think it, it shot up in price? Just because he's you now Mr. This LA? The same thing for all of crypto. I guess so. I'm By the way, you see, this is, I'm recording this Monday. You see crypto today? Was everything up 10%? I mean, it's been going down. I, but I will say I'm not really too up to date with crypto other than the, the so rare football world. And the Raheem Edwards the NFT. Raheem Edwards NFT. I got to get it. I, I, I talked to uh, Gala Games and they're these NFTs and they're in music. And it's about athletes being able to take control and musicians take an artist, take control of every stream of income which they should you know yeah. agents are great it's but man agents are multi-channel diversification i know big words big words i don't big even words. know connor collapses thank you hello guys uh actor extraordinaire and now this is kind of your baby this one, is my one ten football you, yeah it was started off as a for for those of you listening it started off as like an instagram account called lafc universe at one it's point a, it's time. amazing lafc really started this people saw something and said uh yeah, well, right? I saw it. You I, saw it. I, I, I was a this fan. Is, this works. The, I, I was a fan. Uh, I, I I will go on the record in saying that I attended Galaxy games because they were the only soccer team in Los Angeles. I liked soccer. I liked Los Angeles. But uh, when LFC came to town, there was absolutely no reason why I wouldn't uh, wouldn't want to kind of switch my alliance. Right. I would say I defend uh, the Galaxy a fair bit in the sense that the sport was not resonating back then and they had to fight a few fights to 100%. you know they knew if they wanted to get fans in there they couldn't go with ultra fans they had to go with families, families. that kind of stuff and, and where they're situated in the greater los angeles area suits their demographic you yeah. know what i mean you get the people come from orange county you're getting the you're getting the the, the socal soccer families right? yes uh whereas downtown la you get a much different demographic. Anyway, so it started off as a as an Instagram page, grew, started a podcast, Jerry Reynoso, as we know and love, who is starting his own radio show at uh, Long Beach uh, Community College. At the tender age of what, 19? Yeah, he's doing great. Yeah. Um, and then slowly but surely with, uh, thanks to XRM Media, as we're sitting here at XRM Studios. Uh, Very it, plush it, here in uh, Burbank. Yeah, I know, it's good. The Santa Ana winds. It is, they're it ripping up a storm good. right now. Maybe not so good for the Yeah, mic, I can hear but, uh, it. I got the headphones on it. So it's no, but, but, but I think it's people enjoy it. It's evolved into much more than just a podcast, much more than just a show. This year it's been 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 really good. We have that uh, formal slash informal relationship affiliation with LAFC. Uh, and it's just been a been a fun journey. But that's something. I mean, these MLS teams who can't get their message out, this is something that they had to have been tickled to hear. We're going to amplify being LFC we're going to be engaged with you in a, in a business to um, I give another layer of sure. content well keep in mind this was started because someone who once started at the time was 16 years old loved LAFC loved MLS so much that I went out of my way to, to start yes. this this baby of mine this creation so so for you who I mean been around yeah right? you've been around a wee bit i mean just for for everyone who's listening there's a new generation of of kids whose favorite league is mls you know what i mean not just favorite teams within the league but but my passion is mls is lafc you know what i mean well, that's I, good to hear because i don't think we with it. i know they're out there these kids that yeah. are coming in they love it but it's a fun league to be involved and yeah. to take ownership of right we always follow these european leagues but you're so far away you could go a game maybe a couple times a year if you're lucky uh, but I, generally, I don't want to age you, but I wasn't alive when MLS was born. So think I was. About it. So think about I, I as a as a person have have been around while MLS has always been around. So MLS has always been a thing to me. I started following it while it was already a thing. It might as well have been around for a hundred years, as exactly. far as you as far, knew. It. As far as I care, really. <laughs> Uh, and no, it's been great. But branding entertaining. But branding this out. Look, I love doing this. It's I love talking about the sport, and it gives me a reason to watch more, so I can come in through these doors and yeah. talk about hey, MLS, yeah. world football, LAFC, because we, we we build it up there. Because there's this arms race almost. Bad choice of words. What's happening right now? But you get what I mean. Yeah. Uh, it's a uh, it, it's about lowing as much as you can, and it's satisfying to do that. But it's takes a lot of time, and a lot of effort. Well, why do you think this is going to work out? Why, or why do you know this is going to work out where you have this outlet? Because I know it's going to blow 110 up. 110 football. 110 football, showing these shows. Well, it's, it's all, I mean, the sport is growing in America, period. So the content is going to grow along with it. I, 
I think you hit the nail right on the head talking about the not just for individuals but for a, a media platform to, to kind of hit all the social channels you don't have to be everywhere by any means but you don't have to be in one main spot so YouTube is obviously our, our main spot where all the shows are housed YouTube's but, amazing but with the help of Danny our amazing social media producer we're, we're pumping stuff out on Instagram Twitter TikTok Facebook even all the time and people like interacting with content that they enjoy consuming yes. so if we bring them into the conversation and really kind of get to the top of a niche market which is MLS and LAFC then we're killing it you we don't have to have extraordinary numbers but we're if we're at the top of this niche market we'll get the interactions that matter right yeah you'll get the first dibs yeah I should get a social media uh, manager because that's basically what he does is you'll produce stuff and a uh, linear stuff yeah and then he'll pick off and post he'll clip it out and also post auxiliary content that is uh, like God, that's a opposite to what we're doing like that's a must have in this stuff. right you need to have 100%. that 100% well and that's the stuff that does best on social media so shout out Danny shout, shout out, out Danny. Jerry shout out Vince shout out Max shout out Jason Chris everyone but, and it's good because you have people have a good conversation about it. They care about it. Because when I've worked with soccer, and it's gotten so much better, when I worked at, e at ESPN even, the, the broadcasters were coming from, they brought them in from hockey or baseball sure. because that's they had. And there was no one was doing anything soccer-wise. Why would they? There's no money in it. There's no, the there's no pathway. The is one-time football, everyone gives a lot of uh, SHITs about uh, about soccer, not just the world of soccer, but LAFC specifically. Could have also S H I T Z, Z. but that'd have been, oh, that'd be that's like another that. one. But then the S is a dollar sign. Yes, <laughs> I, like that. I like it. That's great. I mean, it's it's just being able to build something that uh, about from people that care and and I, I, look if you if you're not a huge soccer fan, you're also welcome. But you gotta put. You got to roll up the sleeves here with regards to the sport, and then yeah, it's a niche market. The, this con the content we produce. I'm a fan of LAFC. The content we produce is for me, for yeah. fans of LAFC. You know, I we're producing the content that I think as a fan, I would want to see. You know, and so that that's kind of the the spawn, the the reason, the 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 catalyst for for all this is just content for fans. This is a young group in there. I'm 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 old man on certainly oh, on the older side for sure. But you know this you is look it. thank you very much. I appreciate that. But this is a place where young people can be heard, and I've seen it on YouTube. And they they'll have their YouTube pages, and they'll get a following, and people will repeat what they say. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone wanting to do in soccer who's young who wants to make an impression? Uh, to get on the to radar because there's people that have done that that are employed here at 110. Yeah, well, it's I mean, there's there's two trains of thought. One being that there's so much content out there that you you won't get listened to because there's so much competition. But also just because of that, like I keep talking about the niche market, the niche market, the niche market. Just because if you're passionate about something that's in a niche market. There'll be people who listen. There's people who like the same things you like, whether it's music, whether it's film, whether it's sports, whether it's anything, hobbies even. Like there's enough people that are into it. And even if it's not that much, it's all about the interactions. It's not about the number of followers. It's the amount of people who like it, comment on it. And just, you know, it's a community and it's fun. It is. It gets, you're giving hope. It's great. You are wise Amelia. beyond your years because we're always goofing around when we talk. And then when I sit down in a very proper formal, that's formal. what the microphone does i know you're like i'm sitting here even though you've got like your My magnum hawaiian pi hawaiian shirt uh <laughs> it's coming across i wish this was a video a video no. uh, podcast but we're baby steps still yeah. it's all big at the park connor Colopsis. thank you great chatting with you and christian Philemon and vince larosa and jason carapesi here in the business end of the soccer og coming up it is stoppage time we'll talk about jesse marsh going to leeds and what's happening with uh, the young american in major league soccer Stoppage time, as we tend to do, have a little American flavor here in this segment. It's, it's an American soccer podcast, so there you have it. Do want to encourage you to check out my Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos, and uh, we'll identify the top homegrown players for you to keep an eye on that could be the next big thing, that could be the next Alfonso Davies, even though he's Canadian, we're going we're to lump him in here because there is a Canadian on the list as well. So our great fans in Canada, this is a podcast for you two. We take care of the Canadian side of things. We don't run from it. We want to tell those stories. 
So Alfonso Davies, Ricardo Pepe recently, Brendan Aronson, Gianluca Busio. It's going to happen more and more often. And we have this division between players that say, we're only going to look at European-based players when it comes to fielding the national teams. If you are a true fan of the U.S. men's national team or the Canadian national team, for that matter, you've got to watch MLS games and you've got to keep an eye on the young players that are developing because they will be in Europe and they will be on the national team. Maybe not in on March 24th, but maybe in 2023, 2026, 2030. If you want to be a well-rounded soccer fan and you want to speak smartly about all things on the national team. You've got to watch MLS. It was a great MLS opening weekend, by the way, after an incredible offseason. And now you have, we still have to wait for Tiago Almada to make his debut. He's arguably the best South American prospect, maybe not called Julian Alvarez. And he's going to Atlanta United. And Lorenzo Insigne is on fire at Napoli. The uh, Italian national team would be crazy if they made the World Cup to not include him. As Napoli are in first place, he had a goal and the assist on the game-winning goal uh, in Napoli's victory over Lazio. So uh, all these guys are coming to MLS. Carlos Vela has a hat trick. Yimi Chata, an incredible Chilena bicycle kick. Chicharito scores. Crowds are turning out. The bottom teams are getting more competitive, like the Houston Dynamo and the Chicago Fire. Everyone's getting active. They, Chicago brought in Sheridan Shakiri. But this list I did, and I'm not going to give away the information. I encourage you to check it out in video form, very smartly produced by yours truly, on the best homegrown players that will be making a breakthrough. They're all between 16 and 18 years of age. They're all playing, and the European clubs have set their sights on them. There is no ifs, ands, or buts, because more often than not, these American players go over and are successful. So check out that video. And uh, I do want to talk a little bit about American coaching because news this week about Marcelo Bielsa and parting ways, however they phrased it, he was fired. No longer in charge of Leeds United. Uh, Difficult situation certainly there. And Andrea Ratrizzani said it was the hardest decision he's ever had to make. You know, he's the uh, chairman of the board at Leeds United. And Leeds United were in the lower divisions and came back a couple years ago under the watch of Marcelo Bielsa. And one thing you would notice after the news broke, all these videos and all these tweets about Leeds United fans, not in uh, in aligned with this decision, but outraged by it. Marcelo Bielsa is a mythical figure. He is a guy that Leeds United fans will always Uh, relate to and say he's the guy that got us out of the doldrums so they were ready to have some rough weeks and it got rough for Leeds and the way they play when they have a bad day they give up four or five goals so Leeds United fans are going to be loyal to Marcelo Bielsa till the end I saw some images of fans some guy did a painting of Marcelo Bielsa with El Loco on the top and had him autograph it an actual piece of art that probably hangs in his bedroom with Marcelo Bielsa in ink, in uh, in watercolors. I don't know in painting terms. Oil-based watercolors. Is that accurate? Yo, kids in tears because Marcelo Bielsa's gone. Because Leeds United fans know how bad it was. And Bielsa was the guy who had a plan, had a vision, and got them out of there. He'll always be Leeds United. Now the news that the man that will replace him is Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh coming over from, uh, after a four-month spell at Leipzig, I, I hold my breath with American coaches, and I was relieved to see that Jesse Marsh, over the last few months, was seemingly on the short list for several coaching jobs, most notably Everton. And we can count on one hand, literally one hand, the American coaches that have tried their hand in Europe Very little success. We go back to the Bob Bradley situation at Swansea. That was a rough one. Bob Bradley got the job out of nowhere, and it was amazing. This was, uh, he lasted only 11 games. Uh, That was in 2016, after uh, Francesco Guidolin was dismissed. 
didn't last long, didn't get a transfer market to go. And, you know, I remember Bob Bradley telling Taylor Twelman, he said, I wish they never called me because it was such a bad experience. And shame on Swansea. Yeah, it didn't go well for Bob Bradley, but you give a guy a chance. If you, if you believe in him to be the manager, maybe Bob Bradley wasn't the guy to see things through over in Europe. But give the guy a chance. That wasn't happening. So we waited and we waited. And we, we saw the, the ridicule, you know, what was the, the, the caricature? Someone, Bob Boobly, or, and they made fun of Bob Bradley. And this is always, everything's made fun of Americans. And we talked about it a couple of weeks ago in the situation with uh, Chris Armas. And they compared him to Ted Lasso. And Ted Lasso, great show, but it helps perpetrate the, uh, perpetuate the stereotype that Americans are just these, I'm not saying Ted Lasso's character is dumb, but a guy who doesn't know anything about soccer coming in and finding success. We know it's just a TV show. So the Ted Lasso, obviously for Chris Armas, who was the next big thing after Jesse Marsh went to Leipzig, that treatment, and look, Chris Armas, he's, he's, he connects to the players via Ralph Rangnick. He's not coaching them something different. He is implementing and reinforcing what Ralph Rangnick wants to do. That's his team. And Manchester United have done okay. Not great, but okay. I think they're going to make the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And I truly believe they will finish fourth in the Premier League, which is good. They, have to, they obviously have to win one. And look, they've had so many players have horrible seasons. Marcus Rashford, top of the list. Paul Pogba, Harry Maguire. These guys are having stinkers. And if Manchester United can make a run in the Champions League and still finish in the top four, you're pushing, you're kicking the can to another year, but that's good. And that's not Chris Armas' fault if they don't. But he's clearly done an okay job. That could lead to something else. Probably not in England. But getting back to Jesse Marsh... He was four months in charge. And look, Leipzig, it just didn't hit for him. And he probably had to be let go when he was. And since he's been, <laughs> since they parted ways with him, Domenico Tedesco's come in and Leipzig have been on fire. So it was clearly the right move for there. I was happy to see Jesse Marsh on these short lists for coaches uh, at other positions. But now Leeds United swoop in. This is going to be, looks like a temporary situation. If he does well with Leeds, maybe they expand it. If he makes a big impression, but he is on the clock. I would also add, because we always talk about American coaches and people will always bring up, hey, what about uh, Pellegrino Matarazzo, who is at Stuttgart? Uh, Ivy League guy who's been over, he's been in Europe a long time. So he is American, but he he's almost European by proxy because he has been there so long and spent so much time in those situations. But he's American, and we got to gravitate towards that. But he's at Stuttgart, and they're having an awful season. So how much longer does that go? So this Jesse Marsh news came at the nick of time. However, if it doesn't work out, the, the court of public opinion is going to be like, oh, let's, let's pull back on this U.S. thing. The fact that he is getting this job shows that American coaching is viewed higher than it has been in previous years. And clearly... What we hear from the English press and other areas about Americans in soccer is inaccurate because some of these coaches, some of these clubs, Manchester United, Leeds United, are handing the reins over to Americans. I work at LAFC. Steve Cherundolo has all his licenses in Germany. He could easily be a guy, if he does well here, coaching in Germany. There are other candidates that could do the same. But Jesse Marsh is the best one. Now, Leeds United... Let's see he does well. It's really stacked. I look at the schedule. The next few weeks, he has agreeable games, but then it ends with some tough ones. And he is dealing with a short stack. And that was a problem with Marcelo Bielsa, is the injury situation at Leeds United was cataclysmic. And it was hard to keep them upright. Now, they are in 16th place. They are two points ahead of relegation. If they got dropped, oh boy. And this is on Jesse Marsh. So if he keeps them up. And it's been bubbling at the bottom of the Premier League. Norwich City have had a couple okay results. So have Watford, certainly Burnley. And Everton's going to get well here. Everton is going to figure it out here at some point. They did have a good game over the weekend, losing to Man City. They did beat Leeds United back on February the 12th. But there's some teams that Leeds United have to be leery of. Now, the injury concerns 
are huge. The two best players for Leeds are out. Calvin Phillips, who's an England international, and Patrick Bamford, who was their leading scorer. There have been other injuries, and they've been tr- they were trying to be active in the in the marketplace. They didn't get anyone for Bielsa, and there were some players offered to them. We heard all this stuff about Brendan Aronson, but none of it happened. So Jesse Marsh has to do it. Man, am I pulling for him more than anything right now? I want him to be successful to show that it works. And if he stays up, he won't be at Marcelo Bielsa's level. However, he will be endeared by the Leeds United fans. So that is something to keep an eye on. Now, when we watch the Premier League, let's watch those Leeds United games and let's cheer for that club to stay up and maybe Jesse Marsh gets a long-term contract. The Soccer OG Podcast, always thrilled to have you along. Please rate, review, leave us a review. I really like to read them and it does a big, it does a major service to getting our podcast out there. Download, subscribe, share, tell a friend, tell them to tune in so they can get some... Uh, some entertainment and some knowledge that's all i can provide i can provide a few other things but that on the top of my list we'll see you next time check out the soccer og on youtube placido domingo